0: Additional terms and conditions apply. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be
1: heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you.
0: We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting.
1: Hey guys, we're back for another episode of the Peace in Parenting podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi Gemma, how are you doing today? What's going well? What's going well? We took the kids and the dog on like a three mile hike yesterday and everyone was so exhausted. That bedtime was so, easy. so Love easy.
0: that Bedtime for the dog too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. He didn't move for like eight hours. <laughs> What's going on for you? I actually kind of the similar, I, I've been getting up every morning and hiking at like six 30 in the morning before people get up. Oh, it's been kind of incredible. I've just sneak out, go hiking And it's so beautiful and cool and nice because we're having like 100 degree weather here. Yeah. And it's been lovely just to get away.
1: And I think it's nice to have the morning to yourself.
0: It feels like you had a little you time, you know? I engage with them a bit better because I've taken care of myself.
1: Yeah. I always have that conflict.
0: Like, do I sleep for 20 more minutes or do I go do something? I know, you know, I've really been trying also to go to bed early Oh yeah. It's been working because I've been getting up early. So by nine I'm exhausted, you know, like the dog. Yes. And <laughs> so <laughs> using that tactic on myself.
1: It's so good. I love it. Okay. Um, okay. Today we're gonna go off a post that we had in our private Facebook group because we both thought it was so good and there's so many elements in it that we can talk about. So we're calling the episode the clingy child but there's pieces about imagination and comparison. I'm just going to read the whole question. Great. Okay, she said, Hey, everyone, I feel like my six-year-old son cannot use his imagination. It worries me. The first thing he wants to do if we're not going to the pond is watch TV. When he gets home, he wants to watch TV. I feel like I'm constantly trying to find things for him to do. I think of myself at this age, and firstly, my parents did not play with me at all. I was on my own and I had an amazing imagination and would play for hours on end. Maybe I should stop comparing, but I feel like at six, he should be able to figure a few things out to play. It is tricky because we have a two-year-old, so it's not like he can do a lot of building activities, etc. in the playroom because our two-year-old likes to smash everything. But I just feel like our six-year-old can't get out of his own box and use his imagination. I want him to be lost in his world of imagination. Does anyone struggle with this? I don't know what else I need to do to encourage him.
0: Great. I love this question too, because like you said, there's a lot of facets to it. There are so many elements going on. I want to tackle first the element of how she says, nobody ever played with me. So I think we come with our own baggage when it comes to play and i think it's important for us to really examine that baggage in a way where we can have our feelings around play because i know when i when i started this method my coach said to me you have to play with your kids no 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 i don't i don't play with children i'm so sorry but that's not my job and i really <laughs> i really had to analyze why was I so resistant, not that she's resistant to play, but I do think that there could be an element of that in there, or there could be an element in that for other people. So just for you to examine, like, does it feel bad to play with your kids? Do you feel like you're they're asking a lot of you to play with them? And does it bother you that you have to play with them? And if that's the case, then there's something in there for you. And if you can unknot some of that, if you can sit with your journal, and you can ask some questions about what it felt like to be, not be played with as a kid. So here's some questions I thought of that you could use my journaling PDF and guide. And you could ask some questions like, did anyone play with you? And then write about that. Were you intentionally left out of play? Did you get in trouble when you were playful or silly? And what did play look like in your house? And did adults, you know, ever play with the children or was it just the children playing by themselves? And do you remember a really fun time when an adult played with you? So I think if we can examine what that looks like and feels like, then maybe we can bring in some space for more play with our kids.
1: Yeah, those are so good. I'm going to journal about those myself.
0: I mean, I think it's the case is like we're like, "Ah, oh, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing this. I can't play with you." you know? And I get that. But we, we do need to play with our kids. It's very connective and can be very powerful and can really fill them up. And I'm not talking about just special time. I'm talking about sitting and you're down on the floor with your kids and just playing with them before you expect them to go on their own.
1: Right. And I also wrote down, like, how accurately do you really remember your life as a six-year-old? Like, How do you know that you weren't having turmoil inside yourself when you were basically forced to play alone? And how do you know that there's no effect from that
0: now that might make you want to do stuff different with your own kids? Or maybe that's the resistance part. Maybe she's resisting because she's like, I never I played on my own. I had my own imagination. I took care of myself. Now you take care of yourself. And is that a fair, you know, thought to put on our own journey with our child? Or should we say, gosh, I played all my my own and I had to have my own imagination and that was great in the long run. But did I feel like I was neglected? Did I feel like I wasn't? Being given what I needed or what I wanted or what would fill me up. And what, and like you said, what do we want to give our kids? I think Dan and I both struggled with this a lot in the beginning because we pictured
1: having kids like, oh, we go do our own thing and our kids just play and then we sit down for dinner and like life is just easy, you know? So for us to have to fully engage all the time and even more so for Dan, because he has a really hard time with boundaries, he feels Mm -hmm. constantly drained by the pull of the kids needing something from him. And I think he needs to do the journaling too. Like we all have something that makes us feel like, no, 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 you need to go do it yourself. Like, leave me alone. Go pick out your own clothes. Go find your own game.
0: Yeah. And I think there is a good balance. And I think that um, there's some things about play that really annoy us, right? I was like, I always thought imaginary play was the worst because my kids wanted to do imaginary play with me. And then I remember Esme saying once, she was like, you're not doing it right because I wasn't doing it at all because I didn't know how to do it (laughs) and I didn't really want to do it. So I think there's like, can you journal about that? What is the one, do you hate Legos? Do you hate playing babies? Do you hate doing imagination? Like journal about that. Talk about it. What did it look like and feel like when you were a kid and, and did nobody do it with you too? And the whole thing, you know, everything around that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think another issue with this is that he's the firstborn, and just by the nature of it, your firstborn gets a lot more attention than the next children in line. And so, at least for me and a few of my friends, we've noticed with our older kids, they have a much harder time playing independently than the littler ones who have kind of had to be on their own more.
0: Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. They're used to all the attention. And I think that brings us to this point of like, you can set limits around it, but I would caution that we don't set limits with empty children. If that makes any sense, like we can't set a limit with a child around playing with them. If we haven't filled them up, if we haven't given them the attention, if we haven't done daily special time, if we aren't doing daily special time, if we aren't actually sitting in the floor for some of the time and playing with them, then we can't really set those limits because they're, they're too empty. But if you are doing all of that stuff, then I would say you might want to, you know, guide them toward an activity, like begin an activity, like start a Lego thing with them and then say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I have to go do these things. You keep playing. And if they really have a hard time with that, then you can set the limit and say, I'm so sorry, but kindly and nicely with empathy. I'm so sorry, mommy, can't play with you right now. And let them have their big feelings around it because that could be the other thing is that the child cannot play on their own because they are experiencing some sort of unrelated anxiety or unrelated unresolved fears or unrelated unresolved hurts or they just need to cry. So if we set the limit and let them cry and we're there with them, now we've created the connection and I bet you anything, if you did that a few times, they would play better on their own.
1: I had to do this with KK because he was not independent. Like he doesn't have an independent bone in his body. Like he had such a hard time learning Mm -hmm. to play by himself and do things independently. And he still with Dan. He, he does it really bad. Like he needs Dan for every decision he makes and every game he's going to play. He needs guidance from Dan. Mm -hmm. But with me, I can't, I mean, I literally can't do that because Dan is gone so often. I'm alone with two kids. So I started with him doing the special time and then he would have a tantrum when the special time was over, you know, because I had to breastfeed Jonah a lot. Yeah. And so then I made a little, I emptied out one of the drawers in the kitchen and I filled it with just like, you know how kids have like small trinket toys? Like, I don't know where they come from, but we just have all these small toys. So they're all in this drawer in the kitchen. So if I'm cooking or if I can't get to him, I just open the drawer and I don't really say anything. And I just slowly let him learn like, here's the way you can be close to me, but we're not going to engage. Like I'll answer questions or if you need to talk to me, I'm here, but it's up to you to pick a toy and play with it, but you can be in my area. And that kind of helped him get confidence then to venture farther away from me in the house, you know?
0: Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. I think um, too, is that if you have a listening partner, you could talk about this in your listening partner. Like my kid won't Play on their own and just like really get it all out and have someone just validate your feelings that you don't want to play with your kids because that's a real feeling. And although I'm saying I think you should play with your kids, I'm also saying don't deny yourself your feelings around not wanting to, which is a really interesting duality because I think in our society we believe, oh, well, if I'm supposed to do this, then I can't complain about it. But guess what? You're supposed to do it and you can complain about it.
1: Yeah, and you shouldn't feel ashamed that like playing isn't your thing. That's okay. Yeah she's no. really good at something else. All of us that don't really want to play probably do awesome in a different parenting area.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely not a player and that is my, definitely not my thing, but I've, you know, I have to say though, I've taught myself and I'm so much better now. Mm-hmm. And now that my kids don't even want to play anymore, but, um, but, <laughs> I do still play with my little one a lot, and, and it's totally changed our relationship. I remember when she was young, we would wrestle every single day, and every time during the wrestling, I'd be like, oh my gosh, if I have to wrestle one more day, I might lose my mind, you know? And I would go to my listening partner and really complain about it, and it would make me feel better. hmm Definitely did. We're going to take a little break and introduce you to our brand new sponsor, Keepsake. You know those moms who have all the beautiful pictures and the amazing baby books? I always wished I would have one of those, but I never did. This great new app, Keepsake, organizes all your baby pictures. They even text you each night with something to remind you about your child. Keepsake with a Q is our new episode partner, and they'll help us with putting our beautiful baby book together.
1: Keepsake is the easiest way to capture, preserve, and cherish memories of your kids, especially while they're still young. Keepsake will text you questions about your child, and your answers will be saved to a journal. You can also save spontaneous messages, photos, and milestones. Keepsake will turn them into a beautiful baby book with everything nicely in order with just the click of a button.
0: With Keepsake, you can build your baby book as life happens, making sure all memories are captured and preserved as long as you have your phone at hand. Sign up for Keepsake for free at keepsake.com dot co forward slash peace pronounced keepsake note it's co not com that's keepsake q e e p s a k e like keepsake but with a q so go to keepsake dot co forward slash peace and sign up for free the other thing is that there's some good um books around play playful parenting and the art of rough housing and both of those have great ideas on like how to play with your kids and they're very informative. I really like those two books.
1: Yeah. Um, The other thing I was going to say about having a younger sibling, because we had the same thing that she talked about with Jonah, where he would destroy everything Caleb built if I wasn't there on the floor regulating, you know? Yeah. So I modeled to Caleb, like I would build my own tower and of course Jonah would destroy it and I would get really silly and show him like, oh my goodness, Jonah wrecked my tower. And we nicknamed him Joeiza when he was in destroyer mode and it became like a game. And then I taught Caleb language to help Jonah. Like I would hand Jonah a block and be like, hey, Joe, could you put this one here? And so just from Caleb watching, I never really said like, do this, do that. You know, I would just sit with Caleb when he was upset if his stuff got ruined. But I showed him a different way to react, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's good modeling, right? Because they're watching.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, he like has taught Jonah so much about Legos and he's really patient with him and Jonah will like get frustrated and throw the Legos all over the room and Caleb's so patient.
0: He'll be like, what can I help you with Joe? You know, sweet boy. The other thing that um, struck me in that post was that the child always wants to watch TV. And I think that's super common. I mean, my girls always want their electronics. I know kids always want the TV because the TV and the electronics and all of that is the most highly entertaining activity that kids have. And so if they're using a lot of that, then there's no way they're going to play on their own. They just aren't. I've really had to set the limit and then have the tantrum afterwards because it's almost as if they're like detoxing. And then they're, you know, Pia especially, but like, there's nothing to do. I am so bored. Oh my gosh. Because nothing she could possibly do or so she thinks is as fun as her iPad. Mm -hmm. And I've just had to say, "I, I understand. I know you don't want to turn it off. It's really super fun. I get it, but we have to. And she'll say, you don't understand. If you understood, then you would let me do it. And I'm like, well, I think we should take a break. I think it's good. And and she'll sulk around and be mad and kick her feet around. And then after a little while, she finds something to do because I've let her be bored and I have, I don't offer her things to do. That's one thing I do not do. I do not say, oh, well, you could color or we could go in the pool or we could go on a skateboard ride or you could go ride your bike. I don't say anything like that. I just say, I know, I'm sorry. It's hard. I'm right here, I'm gonna listen to you. I get it, you don't wanna turn it off, but I don't fix it for her. I want her to fix it herself because that's the best way for it to be fixed, right? And so I just let her figure out what she's going to do. It's not my job to figure it out and it doesn't do her any favors by me suggesting a million things. I think that leads to kids being really indecisive also
1: and Dan is a really indecisive person and he hasn't turned Caleb into one, but he's aided in Caleb also being indecisive because he's never really had to make choices on his own. So now he's like, should I use the blue crayon or the red crayon? And I'm like, know, what do you feel like using? And Dan will be like, oh, use the blue because blue is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Dan, no, <laughs> we have to let him decide and let him sit with whatever's causing that anxiety about making that
0: choice. Yeah. And that, that goes to perfectionism too. Like they're going to do it wrong. And if they do it wrong, then that's going to be, the whole world's going to fall apart. Esme's like that. And so she used to say when things were going wrong and I would try to listen to her at first, when I first started doing it, she's like, aren't you going to fix it? <laughs> no, honey, you're fixing it right now. You are actually fixing it by being upset. You're clearing your system. You're re-regulating yourself. And it's true. We, you're exactly right. We have to just say, you're going to make a great decision. I know you're going to figure it out.
1: And just let them stare at the wall for a little bit or, you know, like whatever they need to do to spur their own imagination. That's the only way you can't force someone to use their imagination. They have to get bored enough to want to.
0: Yeah. And we have to be okay with them not being okay in those moments. That's what's hard.
1: Yeah. And be patient because it takes time. It's not like you do this
0: one thing and then suddenly they're going to be able to play alone. It takes a long time. It takes a really long time and it's kind of murky and icky, especially with the electronics. I'd say if you're using, I've noticed when I use a lot of electronics, I get a lot more pushback,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: then it's like you get more pushback and you just want to use more electronics, right? (laughs) Because you're like, oh, well that'll numb them out. And then I don't have to deal, but it will work against you in the long run because they won't have an imagination and they won't be able to figure things out because they haven't been given the space to do that. And the space sometimes is icky
1: mm mm-hmm. One thing we've done with TV is, so they like all the PBS shows, but we will, as we turn off the TV, I'll start acting like one of the characters in the show and it will like turn into this whole like imagination story playtime where we're acting out the show, you know, and it kind of breaks the tension. Here, TV is off, but now we get to play a little bit and then Sometimes the two of them will, like, put on capes and go run and be superheroes together, and I'll catch them all the time, like, pretending they're characters from the show.
0: I also like to sometimes get involved with whatever they're doing on their show or their electronics or whatever, I sit next to them and be like, oh, looks like you've found the best TikTok on TikTok. Who's this, you know, or whatever. And they're like, oh, you want to see my, this guy? And do you want to see that guy? And do you know what they were saying about this? And so she'll show me like three TikToks and I'll say, oh, wow, that's super cool. And we'll have a conversation about it. And they'll say, yeah. okay, time to, time to shut her down, honey. And sometimes it will. And then, you know, in those moments, sometimes too, I'm like, do you want to do special time right away? Do you want to do special time? And so that will get them off and also get us connected and also make the transition a bit easier, too.
1: Mm-hmm. I noticed in the Facebook group somebody's response to this mom's question. She said, What do you suggest for a child whose anxiety slash undesirable behavior trigger is boredom? As soon as she feels bored, that's when I know to look out for her acting out. And I feel like that's exactly what we're talking about is you have to just sit with them being upset that they're bored.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that's the problem is that we don't want them to be bored. And yeah. I think that's something to really journal about too. It's like, what? why are you worried that your child's bored? Why is it bothering you that they're you know, having a hard time finding something to do? What was it like when you were bored as a kid, you know, and, and maybe really journaling about that. But I think it's us really having to manage our own feelings around their, own, their feelings.
1: Yeah. And I think there's some level of feeling failure,
0: you know, like what have I
1: done wrong that now this kid can't play alone and you take it on yourself and then you shame yourself and you feel guilty for whatever you've done.
0: Yeah, it's your fault. yeah. But it's not it's totally natural and normal for kids to be bored and not to play on their own. I think all kids go through some of that. It's just frustrating for parents when it's like every day it's like, "Oh gosh, here we go again. The kid can't play on his own, and I've got seven million loads of laundry and you know, <laughs> seventy five dishes in the di- in the sink, and you're just thinking, "Ah, I can't play with you." <laughs> I get that. I would start then if I, that were how i were feeling, I would start with taking care of myself with journaling. And then I would go straight to connection with the kids. And then I would leave all this housework for the end.
1: Mm-hmm. I've even taught the kids to do housework with me, like with washcloths, they'll fold them all. Caleb can unload the dishwasher now and they think it's fun. And another thing I do is put certain toys away for a little bit of time, you know, so maybe like a month and then when I bring them out again, it's like, oh, new toys. And then they'll play for like hours because Oh, I like that. That's really good.
0: The other thing I think too, and what really happened to Esme when she began to read, she really got into reading because she has a really active mind and she needs to be entertained and likes to be entertained. And she would go deep into her books. So I'd say those kids that um, have Boredom issues. If you can get them reading, if they're reading age yet, yeah, you know, to really like spend some time reading with them and get them in, engaged in books, that that is like huge. My girls spent so much time reading. It's your imagination, right? You're using your imagination to like see what's in the pages in your head, and that can really help your imagination.
1: I read an article that said books are number one for imagination. Podcasts are number two. There's a ton of good kids podcasts. Like they're imagining the visuals while they listen and then TV is third like
0: they don't really have to imagine at all. I think that's a good notice and a really good thing. The other thing I keep thinking too with that post is sometimes I think we over not overcompensate, what do I want to say? We overindulge mm-hmm. our children in what they want to do. So you always if you're in this these kind of households sometimes or if you any household can get in this rut where you're just doing whatever the kid wants to do because it's easier to do what they want to do than to listen to them be upset. So I think if you're there and you're always doing what they want to do and you're always catering to them, you can exhaust yourself and it can be really difficult to parent that way all the time. And at the same time, you're not giving them the limits that they need. A, because limits are important because we can't always, they, they can't always have their way. And when they go to school or when they start to engage with friends, they might always want their way and they'll do anything at all costs to get their way. And that isn't a good thing either. So we just really want to be able to set limits where we need to and say, I can't, I'm sorry, no, I'm not gonna play with you or we can't do that or there won't be electronics or whatever the case may be, but just making sure that we're not always catering to their every women that we're using our limits where we need to in kind, empathic ways to create opportunities for them also to download their feelings.
1: You think we hit it all? That was a big <laughs> one.
0: I know, I think we got it all, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the woman who posted this question, if you have more questions about it, let us know. Yeah, we well, we'll,
0: we should post this episode on that chain so that everyone who's in that discussion can listen to the episode, and then that would be really good. Okay, any announcements for today? I don't think so. I think just the empathy course and, um, you know, please like and subscribe and leave us a review. We would love it. We haven't had any new reviews. Well, we haven't had any new episodes, but we haven't had any new reviews lately, but we'd love to hear from you. so just please let us know what you think. And check out our patreon. We have couple new videos up on there and we're back
1: to updating the page and thanks for everyone that supports us on there. Okay, Gemma, thank you. Okay, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.